0: The Iron Flute, case 36, where to meet after death. Da Wu paid a visit to his sick brother monk, Yun Yan, uh, who asked, where can I see you again? Sorry, uh, Da Wu paid a visit to his sick brother monk, Yun Yan. Where can I see you again if you die and leave only your corpse here? asked the visitor. Yunyan replied, I will meet you in the place where nothing is born and nothing dies, said the sick monk. Wu was not satisfied with the answer and said, what you should say is that there is no place in which nothing is born and nothing dies, and that we not, need not see each other at all. <laughs> Again, Rose first. Uh, true friendship Transcends intimacy or alienation. Between meeting and not meeting, there is no difference. On the old plum tree, fully blossomed, the southern branch owns the whole spring, as also does the northern branch. Please sit comfortably. <clears throat> The Iron Flutes a, 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 a classic koan collection um, of Chinese koans, basically, <coughs> but compiled by um, Genro, who was an outstanding Zen master in 18th century Japan, and, uh, who added a commentary to each koan. Uh, later, his chief disciple, Fugai, annotated the work with his own interpretations. And the Iron Flute was published in 1783. In this edition, Niogen Sensaki, the first Japanese Zen master to reside in the United States, and Aiken Roshi's first teacher, by the way. So this is family history. <coughs> um, he, uh, Niogen Sensaki translated the text of the Iron Flute with Ruth Stroud McCandless. As well as composing his own commentaries. Quite a, quite a rich uh, heritage, indeed, there. A teteki a Tosui is the name of the original text. Uh, teteki <coughs> means iron flute. Usually, a flute is made of bamboo with a mouthpiece and several holes for the fingers. This is Shakuhachi, uh, but this flute is a solid iron rod with neither mouthpiece nor finger holes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tosui means to blow it upside down, so that this um, solid iron rod with neither mouthpiece nor finger holes is also blown upside down. Hmm. Nyogen Senzaki uh, said, the ordinary musician who wanders among the lines of the grand staff, that's the 11-line staff, you don't see much anymore, uh, will never be able to handle this Zen instrument, but one who plays a stringless harp can also play this flute with no mouthpiece. Uh, This is a book of the sound of one hand. It is the daily life of Zen. You know, there, there is no time barrier with this thing. Uh, the old teacher present uh, in you as you, uh, in your least brief breath, in your walking about, and in your wondering about the very business of no time barrier. The two protagonists in tonight's story uh, were brothers, Brother monks. Uh, da Wu was the oldest by 11 years. And here's a little, uh, a little story um, involving the both of them. Oh, it's very seasonable, this one. Rather, it's... it's, it's <clears throat> one day, uh, Da Wu, who's the elder... The two uh, he, he picked up his hat to go out. Uh, Yun Yan pointed to the hat and said, uh, "What does this do?" Dawu said, "It has a use." Yan said, "If you suddenly encountered a violent storm, then what? Da Wu said, "It would cover me." Yan said, "Does the hat have a cover?" Dawu said, "Yes, it does." And the cover never leaks. <laughs> He's a, a beautiful spirit. Yeah. Older brother, uh, Da Wu, tended to look down on uh, Yun Yan, who certainly gave the appearance of being very slow on the, the uptake in terms of uh, realising true nature. He spent 20 years with Pai Chang. The great teachers of his age um, yeah without apparently realizing anything and then becomes a student of Yashan's, and uh, there's a terrible story uh, it's too long to recount here of um union in dialogue with yashan and um, his elder brother sitting out outside and able to overhear the, the interview and Yun Yan is not getting the point, and he's not getting the point, and he misses it again. And involuntarily, uh, Da Wu is biting his finger, uh, which then begins to bleed copiously. He unconsciously actually bites it really hard in sheer embarrassment at what's happening in this interview that he can Um. overhear inside. So there's a kind of a pushiness about the older brother. He really wants to sort of bring the young guy on, but, you know. Mm. But the irony of this is that Yunyan becomes the teacher of Dongshan, <laughs> the, the great luminaries of his age. And Dongshan holds him in the highest esteem uh, as, as a great, great teacher. So everything is kind of a little bit deceptive here. Um, and sometimes in Yunyan's dialogues with Dongshan, um, you know, he pauses, he's slow. dongshan gets the upper hand, if there is an upper hand in, in these. So it's very, very, very interesting uh, indeed. Here, here's another story. Um, a younger brother and an elder brother, Yunyan was making tea. Uh, Dawood asked him, Who are you making the tea for? Yunyan said, There is someone who wants it. Dawu said, uh, why don't you let him make it himself? Yunyan said, fortunately I'm here to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, In terms of uh, where will we meet after death, which is the uh, title of the Teixeira, All this will pass. Uh, Yesterday is an unreliable memory, let alone the years of our lives till now. Uh, Everything passes. Uh, The Diamond Sutra, right at the end, has these lines. Uh, All things are under the law of change. They are dream, a shadow, a dream, a phantom, a bubble, or a shadow. You should contemplate like this. Mm. You should contemplate as this. All things are under the law of change. And death, like rain, is no respecter of human wishes or plans. Death may be our deepest fear. Uh, Most certainly it is our intimate companion. Death is also a a mystery. Except in special circumstances, we don't know the hour of our death. I'm grateful for that. And we don't know what happens after we die although there are many suppositions about what happens after we die. Uh, and for the not knowing, I am grateful for that too. This tesho is a um, a series of nuances <coughs> on three words, I don't know. <laughs> Slightly nuanced each time, differently nuanced each time it comes up. Uh, Sansanim uh, had a T-shirt made for his students. He probably wore it himself. And it just has on the back of the T-shirt, Only Don't Know. Hmm. <laughs> when he came to the United States, he, was, uh, he worked as a washing machine uh, salesman in the States. And Somehow the T-shirts with the Only Don't Know on the front and the back is kind of lovely. It sort of fits with the, with the teacher and the image. Our friends go over the waterfall, we go over the waterfall, uh, our parents have gone or will go and to all accounts, uh, no one comes back. In important ways, moment to moment, we're in the midst of that waterfall, which is not not only later on, uh, but is the vastness of this very moment. Uh, which holds the death of those we love as well as our own. Does the fact that we will die render our life meaningless? It can certainly seem that way. Uh, We're swept up to death's wall, frisked, then relieved of all that we have before disappearing forever. True, we live on in the memories of those who knew us until someone thinks of us for the last time or utters our name for the last time, and that's that. Yet in the same breath and in important ways, death also gives meaning to our lives. At least the fact that we know that we will die gives meaning to our lives. It gives urgency for us to find accord, to forgive, uh, to express our love uh, for those we love, and to finish work that we are embarked into. I have a very strong feeling that an endless life would be a meaningless life. Mm. Um. Death. Uh, is so uh, sheerly inescapable uh, I love John Forbes the Australian poet's line he says what gets me is how compulsory it is <laughs> 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 um, Yeah. rather than turning from it or rouging it or giving it false consolation death, uh, Zen brings death up close You know, injunctions like, when dying, just die, just death, all through, uh, sums that up really strongly. Uh, If you know how to die like this, then you know how to live uh, in a way that just isn't (coughs) grabbing at life or trying to seize the day or the opportunity or the main chance. Rather we find our, find intimacy with this moment right now. Mm. And in allowing what is there to be there. Mm. And when we keep doing this we, we we grow we grow great with allowing. As in the old fashioned sense of growing great with child, but growing great with allowing. I don't mean that we will have a 1,000 followers on Facebook as a result. (laughs) (laughs) Or 10,000. So the story gets a bit lost. Uh, Da Wu paid a visit to his sick brother, Monk Yun Yan. Da Wu being the eldest. Where can I see you again if you die and leave only your corpse here? Um, Said Da Wu, oldest brother. Yunyan says, I will meet you in the place where nothing is born and nothing dies. wu was not satisfied with the answer and said, what you should say is that there is no place in which nothing is born and nothing dies and that we need not see each other at all. It's very... <laughs> it's kind of shocking, really. <coughs> Given how sick that Yan is. But I also think the uh, you know this is Mondo. You know this is a, the monks are always doing this. Dal Wu is always on Yunyan's wheel. You know, and it just goes on. Even here, he's close to death. Um, so the question: Where can I see you again if you die? Um, well, where do you go? Sorry. Um, invokes a kind of prior question, uh, where do you go after you die? Um, It's hard to give reality to that matter, Uh, perhaps because we tacitly assume that there's no afterlife, that this life is our one shot, that this life is it, Uh, and that it ends when you fail to take the... Last breath. When you fail to take that breath, which becomes the last breath. No, that's a the breath. <laughs> there is some breath that you fail to take. <laughs> a large percentage of the world's population um, uh, actually believes that uh, there is um, a form of life after death. Um, uh, rebirth in uh, Hinduism and Buddhism um, heaven uh, in Christianity and in Islam and in Judaism uh, these are core beliefs, and it's strange in the in what feels like the secular West that uh, to feel that perhaps the majority of people in the world do have some belief in an afterlife. <clears> There's <throat> these beautiful words by um, Kurt Gödel, was a um, famous mathematician and logician who lived in the early part of the 20th uh, century, and he's responsible for something called the incompleteness theorem, which is a huge development in, in, symbolic, in, in logic and in mathematics which I don't claim to understand. I remember sitting in philosophy lectures lectures at university and I was doing symbolic logic. And I just felt, after a while, I was watching the blackboard fill up with these symbols, which was Gödel's incompleteness theorem. And I felt like a 14-year-old kid. All I wanted to do was disturb the person next to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> But he's very famous, and uh, this is a a letter he wrote to his mother. Um, Yeah, lines filled with that kind of haunting uncertainty as he urges her to take heart, because she's dying. Um, She's in her 80s. Uh, Gödel writes, For we understand neither why this world exists, nor why it is constituted just as it is, nor why we are in it, nor why we are born in just these and no other circumstances. Why then should we fancy that we know one thing for sure, that there is no other world, and that we never were nor never will be in another? It keeps that matter... like It it opens that matter up as possibility uh, and keeps it open. Yeah... This is a kind of descending um, series from, you know, the uh, belief in an afterlife to the possibility of afterlife to something that uh, kind of begins to move against that notion, which is uh, Epicurus, <coughs> centuries before the Christian era. And I think there has been important words that have reverberated down the from, centuries from him. He says, where you are, death is not. Where death is, you are not. Yeah, which uh, I think in terms of the fear of death probably helped a lot of people. Um, very simple. Mm-hmm. The fear is mo- more often of dying itself, I think, than death. Um, because dying is difficult. It can be painful. Uh, there are no guarantees. Yeah, and it's not only a physical crisis often moral and spiritual crisis involved as well in dying itself so yeah actually it's very interesting because it's got a, a kind of car edge to it, I, I would respond to that where you are death is where you are not death is Die uh, in the Zen tradition die completely while alive then all will be well this is the, the great death of Kensho, of realisation all our concepts and presuppositions about self and other uh, are gone up in smoke uh, who are we then? Uh, reflections in the glass night sky, gleaming floor, companions in the Dharma around us. they are beautiful lines. Uh, There's no time to tell the whole story behind this, but These are the lines which I think brought me into Zen practice. They're in Zenkei Shibayama's women And this is after Nanshwa... I'll tell it quickly. Uh, The monks of the Eastern and the Western Hall are arguing about a cat. Does the cat have Buddha nature or not? What a question. (laughs) Does the cat have Buddha nature or not? (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, he holds up the cat and he says, if you can say a word of Zen, I will spare the cat. Uh, No one said a word. So finally and reluctantly, he killed the cat. Chao Cho, who was um, his great disciple, also teacher, I'm sure. No, not a teacher at this point. His great disciple had been in town. He comes back. Uh, Nunchan exp- tells him what has happened during the day. Chao Chao takes off his sandal, takes off a sandal, and puts it on his head, and he walks out. Now, in old China, putting a sandal on your head was a, a mark of mourning. Uh, Nunchan says to his disciple, "If you'd have been there, the cat would have been saved." Uh, I think at Shibayama then writes these lines on the case a comment on the case he says then the killed cat will bloom in red as a flower flow in blue as a stream it is ever with you not only as Master Chow Chow but as you in your hand and your foot today it's staggeringly beautiful and convey something which is very hard to put into words, anyway. You know, Shibuya um, does a little preamble about. I don't know anything about resurrection uh, in Christianity, but you know, we have this in Zen. This, um, and then he, these lines flow from that. The Japanese Zen master Hackon um, Hekaku, who lived from 1686 to 1769, embellishes the theme of where you go after you die a little more than is commonly suspected. Uh, a student asked him, Where do you go after you die? He responded, I don't know. Uh, the student retorted, But, but you're a great master," He said, But not a dead one. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great exchange. (laughs) Now, Hakuin's I don't know means what it says. Uh, Yet in the same breath that I don't know uh, gathers the timeless immensity that is life and death and even what may follow death. Uh, I don't know. My old accordion teacher, Harry Black, who gave much, so much support and encouragement to young musicians, including myself, all those years ago, and fought for the rights of West Australian musicians through the Musicians Union, said in an oral history interview recording that he made shortly before, after he turned 70, I, You know, Harry was a very pragmatic man and very typical in some ways. He was a person of huge generosity. But he was, um, in terms of talking about feelings or that kind of thing, he was, he struggled, I think. Um, I mean, he put feeling into action. He did something rather than talk about what he felt. Anyway, th- he said this. I was, I was stunned by this when I encountered listening back to his oral history tapes. He says, as far as the religious hereafter is concerned, I've had a strong idea in my own mind that our hereafter is what you make it while you're here. I mightn't be explaining that too well. A lot of the influence that one wields, doesn't matter how close it is, whether it's just family or the like, the hereafter part is what you do while you're here. And that's where I feel the best part of the contribution comes in. Uh, here is hereafter Uh, now is now after now after is now Mm. you know how we meet after death is entirely bound up with how we truly meet in the life which is afforded to us This is a dialogue between Yunyan, who's the younger brother here, and Dongshan. It takes place in the Linked Caves where Yunyan lived and taught. When Dongshan was taking his leave, Yunyan asked, Where are you going? Dongshan replied, Although I'm leaving you, I still haven't decided where I'll stay. Yunyan said, You're not going to Hunan, are you? No, said Dongshan. You're not returning to your native town, are you? asked Yun-Yan. No, said Dong-Shan. When will you return? asked Yun-Yan. I'll wait until you have a, f- I- 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 you have a fixed residence, said Dong-Shan. Just pretty cheeky saying, I'll wait till you get enlightened and then I'll decide. <laughs> Yun-Yan said, After your departure, it will be hard to meet again, Dong-Shan said it will be difficult not to mate Hmm. difficult not to mate listen listen Meanwhile back in the infirmary. Where can I see you again if you die and leave only your corpse here? That corpse blossoms and blooms as uh, this night are here. Candlelight on the altar, aching knees, scattered thoughts, nothing left out. I love this is difficult khan in many ways because there is a another khan which gets rid of the body, and the evidence. So it's much easier to deal with without the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dasha's third barrier, very very famous uh, khan. Um, that um, Harada when he made uh, created the the khan curriculum uh, for. Sanboki which became Daimon Sangha, he brought a set of three barriers of Daeshai from right at the end of the Rinzai tradition and placed them just in the middle of the, the small koans immediately after the first barrier. He, he was afraid that students would miss out you know, on these great khans. And This is the third of them. When you have freed yourself from birth and death, you will know where to go. When your body has separated into the four elements, earth, water, fire, wind, where will you go? <coughs> After John Turner, haiku poet and fellow Sangha member, and a dear friend of mine died, a student of the way who was a friend of John's wrote to me, I reflect on your chanting for John and wishing him a good journey. Thoughts of Isan Dorsey came to mind. A friend of Isan says, um, uh, uh, the friend is carrying Isan who is dying of AIDS to the toilet, uh, terribly emaciated uh, and very close to death. And the friend says, uh, you're crying, uh, I'm going to miss you, Isan. Isan replies, where are you going? Uh, The student of the way says, I tend to take a too materialist and literal reading of Buddha's teaching of no self, but I will still keep an eye out for John and his possible journey. I suspect a crow or a magpie might be right. So still in the infirmary um, in response to the question, so how do we meet after we die? He says, I will meet you in the place where nothing is born and nothing dies. Mm -hmm. Where is that place? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the older brother rejects it, saying, what you should say is that there is no place in which nothing is born and nothing dies, and that we need not see each other at all. This feels rough and unconsoling. But in denying both place and opportunity to meet, older brother subtly conveys the very place where nothing is born and nothing dies. What you should say is that there is no place in which nothing is born and nothing dies and that we need not see each other at all. That's not a denial. Uh, That's not just roughing up younger brother. Something else is at stake uh, here. Everything is at stake there. Um, Genro's verse. True, look, it's true friendship transcends intimacy and uh, alienation. But I have always done it as true intimacy transcends friendship and alienation. So I'll do it that way round for tonight. Um, It has a slightly different spin. Um, (coughs) True intimacy transcends... Friendship or alienation. Between meeting and not meeting, there is no difference. On the old plum tree, fully blossomed, the southern branch owns the whole spring, as also does the northern branch. My dear friend and student, Irena Harford, uh, sat with the Zen Group of Western Australia for many years until her death in 2003. She took part in most of the group's activities, wrote haiku, and was interested in quantum physics and its implications for the way. Even when her ovarian cancer was advanced and she was in a lot of pain, she still climbed the wooden steps to the zendo. When Irina was very close to death, she asked me if she could take up another Khan, and I gave her the verse to this case. True intimacy transcends friendship and alienation. Between meeting and parting, there is no difference. On the old plum tree fully blossomed, the southern branch owns the whole spring, as also does the northern branch. Irina was not expected to live a fortnight. As I was leaving to fly to New Zealand, I came to the hospital to say goodbye to her. When I invited her to present a koan, she sat up with great sat up with great effort and raised her withered arms. That was how she conveyed the intimacy, uh, her intimacy with the universe, uh, yeah, with herself. Each of us is a branch on that great old plum tree. Uh, Each of us is the whole spring. Uh, Each of us is not less than that great tree. Just before he died, Chuan told his disciples... For a long time the stars have been blurring and the lamplight dimming. Don't say that I alone have to come and go. No, old man, we all come and go. I will die, we will die. Where do we go? Where can we go?